Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity to sit in your presence, to sit down in heavenly places in Christ, and hear what is on your heart tonight. We thank you that you are doing exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, all that we could think, all that we could ask or hope for. It's according to the power that works in us. And so, Father, we just want to connect with that. We want to connect with what you are doing, what you are saying, because we know that it's glorious. We know that it leads us into all truth, and it sets us free to experience the fullness of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And so that's what we're after, God. We're after the experience of the victory of Jesus. We're after the manifestation of the sons of God. We are after all of our inheritance. We want to see it. We want to taste your goodness, God. We want to, we want the world to know that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is alive, that he's conquered death, that he is perfect love, and that in him we are free, totally free, we to experience heaven on earth, to experience the, the triune love, to be fully accepted and known and valued. And so, God, we just, we are thankful tonight for what you are going to speak. We are thankful for this message, and we ask you to use it. We ask you to transform lives and hearts and make the gospel real and known to people across the earth in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, awesome. I've got a uh, kind of an unusual title for tonight's uh, podcast. Uh, let me find it so I don't get it wrong. It's called No More Fake Gospel. No More Fake Gospel. I got inspired for this podcast tonight. I, I, I think I've been inspired for this podcast probably for about five years, uh, but I got specifically inspired for it because I saw yet another tweet, yet another Facebook post, you know, heard another uh, version of the gospel once again, yet again, you know, coming across on another podcast. And honestly, I just sometimes get so fed up with the, the, the way that we are inundated with Christian content that is not preaching the gospel. It is preaching mixture. It is preaching legalism and, and, and propagating the illusion of separation from God. And so tonight, I just wanted to call it out. I wanted to call it what it is. I, I wanted to call a spade a spade so that hopefully you too would begin to get a lens and, and honestly stop consuming it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how it's going to end unless we, and those of us that are in the body of Christ, literally stop consuming it. And so I wanted to start out tonight uh, in the Gal- in Galatians, and I wanted to read what the Apostle Paul had to say about the fake gospel. 
And I, I wanted you to know that it was scriptural that I was bringing this up tonight, that this isn't just me complaining. This isn't just me, you know, even, even though I am a little bit fed up by it, it's not just me getting fed up and, and, and just, you know, coming out of some personal, uh, you know, belief system, but that this is, this is honestly, I believe, one of the main reasons that, that we're called to preach the gospels. It's actually called to preach the gospel. And, um, so much of what we hear today is just propagating the illusion of separation from God. And what's happened is, is that we have a foundation. We have a faulty foundation where we are worshiping God in heaven. We're relating to God outside of us. And we are, we are straining and we're striving to be blessed and to receive things from God rather than sitting down in heavenly places and enjoying what Jesus Christ has already provided. And it it is truthfully also painting a wrong picture of Calvary to the world. And it creates a, a religious pursuit of God instead of a joyful union with God. And so I really am coming with my axe tonight. I'm coming to chop down the roots and to expose it. And I, I, I really hope that you'll share this podcast with people. I pray that you would help me <laughs> shame the devil and expose this illusion of separation that has become an epidemic in the body of Christ. I mean, believers are living out of a false identity. They are living out of the illusion that they are less than who Jesus is right now. First John says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And until we wake up to that reality and grasp that as the purpose and the reason and the truth of the gospel, then we will also be representing to the world a false gospel. So let me read it here from the Apostle Paul. And I'll start just here in verse 1 just because it kind of introduces the letter. But it says, my name is Paul, and I have been commissioned as an apostle of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. My apostleship was not granted to me by any council of men, for I was appointed by Jesus, the anointed one, and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I am joined by all the brothers and sisters who are here with me as I write you this letter, which is to be distributed to the churches throughout the region of central Turkey. Okay, in verse 3 it says, I pray over you a release of the blessings of God's undeserved kindness and total well-being that flows from our Father, God, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the anointed Messiah who offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins. He has taken us out of this evil world system and set us free through our salvation just as God desires. All of the glory will go to God alone throughout time and eternity. Amen. Now, verse 6 is where I want to get into this. It says, I am shocked over how quickly you have strayed away from the anointed one who called you to himself by his loving mercy. I'm frankly astounded that you now embrace a distorted gospel. That is a fake gospel. That is simply not true. There is only one gospel, the gospel of the Messiah. Yet you have allowed those who mingle law with grace to confuse you with lies. Anyone who comes to you with a different message than the grace gospel you have received will have a curse of God come upon them. For even if we or an angel appeared before you to give you a different gospel than what we have already proclaimed, God's curse will be upon them. 
I will make it clear. Anyone, no matter who they are, that brings you a different gospel than the grace gospel that you have received, let them be condemned and cursed. I'm obviously not trying to flatter you or water down my message to be popular with men, but my supreme passion is to please God. For if all I attempt to do is to please people, I would not be the true servant of the Messiah. It says, beloved ones, let me say emphatically that the gospel entrusted to me was not given to me by any man. No one taught me this revelation, for it was given to me directly by the unveiling of Jesus, the anointed one. Now, if you read the epistles, Paul is really the one who had a full revelation of what happened on Calvary. And his epistles are masterpieces on the unveiling of Jesus Christ in us. And the, the, the reality that the body of Christ has become one with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As a matter of fact, even the term body of Christ refers to a union or a oneness with the head, Jesus. And I wanted to just, I pulled up just a couple of tweets today as examples, and I'm not going to give you the names of who they're from, but I can promise you, you know them. You probably subscribe to their tweets as well. And I could, I honestly could read 10 or 12 tweets right now that sound really good. They sound good, but they aren't good. And they aren't good primarily because they propagate an identity that is separated from God. And as long as we live out of that illusion, we are going to struggle. We are really, really, really going to struggle. Because, you know, Jesus did not fulfill his purpose in the earth because he was the son of God. I know that may be shocking, but he fulfilled his purpose on earth because he was one with God. He said, I and my father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. The words that I speak, these are not my own. Whatever I see the Father doing, that is what I do. He said, of my own self, I can do nothing. He said it multiple, multiple, multiple times, meaning that he did not live out of an identity that was separate from his Father. In fact, it is the primary reason that he got crucified. Because the Judaizers and the Pharisees could not handle the fact that he was making himself out equal with God. How? By claiming to be one with God and calling God his father. And beloved, that is our position. Our position in Christ places us inside of Jesus. And because we are inside of Jesus, who, by the way, dwells the fullness of the Godhead, we are also one with the Father. The fa- you, we can truly say, just as Jesus said, the Father and I are one. 
Now, this is a prayer from a tweet today that was on there. Let me just read it. Father, I am thankful for the opportunity to do great things for you. I pray that you will help me make the most of each new day. Thank you that I can dream big. And because you are with me, nothing is impossible. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I guess on the surface you may think, well, at least you're nitpicking. That prayer is a fine prayer. Well, I'm not saying that maybe I am nitpicking, but the nitpick I'm making transforms everything. It revolutionizes your life. It leads to an effortless life, a striving free life where you are resting in the finished works of God. And so I took the liberty tonight just to, to rephrase it, to make it gospel accurate. All right. And so this is how you would read it. If you were reading it from a, instead of a fake gospel lens, if you were reading it from an authentic gospel lens, here's what it would say. Okay. So instead of, Father, I am thankful for the opportunity to do great things for you, you would say something like this. Father, I am thankful for the opportunity to do great things with you. Or you might even say, Father, I am thankful for the opportunity for you to do great things through me. It's subtle. It's very subtle. But guess what? We aren't doing things for God. God is doing things through us. We, we abide in the vine as a branch. And you know what a branch does? Not much. <laughs> you know, it, it, it holds the fruit, right? It's the, it, it pops out the fruit, but it's not the source of anything. It's truly just a channel of, of the nutrients of the roots to get the fruit through it. The fruit comes through it, if you will. And so I know it's subtle, but dang it, this is a big, big deal. All right, here, here it's the next line. It says, I pray that you will help me make the most of each new day. Well, just by the nature of that sentence, you can feel the separation in it. You can feel uh, that, that, I mean, it's going to, by the hair of my chinny chin chin, maybe we're going to make it through the day. You know, help me just make the most of the day. I mean, Again, I love the person. I love this person that wrote this tweet. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, in one sense, I, you know, I'm not trying to just, you know, split hairs here. But again, a better way of saying that might be, instead of saying, I pray that you will help me make the most of each new day, how about, I I don't even know what to pray because he's like I don't, we might we might just need to throw that one out. But we might be able to say thank you that you are making the most of my life today. That you are glorifying yourself in my life today. That might be a better way to say it, right? And then it says thank you that I can dream big. Well, again, human beings are amazing. We can absolutely dream big. But just because we're dreaming big doesn't mean that we're dreaming with the mind of Christ. 
So it would be better to say, thank you, God, that you can dream your dreams through me. Thank you that my imagination is your imagination. Thank you that the canvas of my imagination is being used by you to dream big dreams. Again, it's subtle, but it's important. And then it goes on to say, and because you are with me, nothing is impossible. And the truth is, is God with us? Totally he's with us, but he's not just with us. He's with us in a very specific way. He's with us inside of us. He's with us along with the entire kingdom (laughs) inside of us. So it'd be better to say, and because you are in me, nothing is impossible. Because all of heaven is inside of me, nothing is impossible. You know, I would, I, I, I pray for the day when our Christian tweet feeds are filled with accurate gospel prayers and accurate gospel declarations. There's another one I saw. I mean, I don't even know what to do with this one. Let's see if I can find it. Um, <laughs> they're just, I mean, I could just, I probably just go through my tweet feed. I probably don't even have to find this one. I mean, here's one. I mean, really, I could just go through my tweet feed. I find there is a direct correlation between, I mean, this is, I mean, maybe, okay. I believe there's a direct correlation between believing that God still does miracle today and experiencing God's miracles today. Well, okay. Okay. I mean, that's, 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 I guess that's true, but it, again, it propagates this idea that I got to do something. I, I, I have, I got to, there's a correlation between what I do and what God does. And I, I mean, I get that. That's true in a sense that, you know, if I don't know that I'm one with God, well, I'm not going to experience the oneness of God. But again, it's just, it's just, I mean, can't, can't we do better than that? This is a year. Here's another one. This is a year of double blessing and the release of double portions from heaven. Well, that's been every year since the resurrection. I mean, and it's not just double blessing and double portions from heaven. It's all of heaven. It's every single thing that Jesus Christ has. It's all that heaven contains. I don't know if you can call that a double blessing. That sounds like an infinite blessing to me. It's an infinite blessing. And so... Oh, I'll get off of it. I'll get off of that and get off my tweet there for a moment. But my point is, guys, we have got to, we've got to become aware that we are swimming. We are literally swimming in a religious fishbowl. And the atmosphere and the culture of Christianity, for the most part, is operating out of a wrong foundation. And when we feed on this stuff, you know, Jesus said a little leaven spoils the whole loaf. He also said in in Mark uh, chapter 4 to be careful what we are hearing. For the measure that we that we listen, the measure that we take it in will be the measure that, that comes out of us. And so it, you may think, well, you know, it's no big deal, Shalise. I find it encouraging. Well, it is encouraging in the alternative. You know, you're without God. You know, you. this is no blessing. Forget, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's super depressing. 
but it keeps you standing outside of the fullness of what belongs to you. And so, again, it is a very subtle but deadly difference. For when you believe and receive and recognize that you are one with Jesus, it changes your perspective. It changes your perception. It changes your position. And it ultimately changes your reality. Now, I know that I have shared this testimony before, but I share it again because I don't get to leave this primary foundational revelation. And I, I promise you, 80, 80 to 90% of people, if not more that I talk to, do not live out of this identity. And it's simply the identity that comes from Colossians 1.27. Let me go to Colossians chapter 1 here really quick. And let me just kind of read a little bit more of Colossians, or a little bit more of Apostle Paul here. But in Colossians 1, another letter written by the Apostle Paul, he says this in verse 26. He says, there is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now is being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. And I love this translation, the Passion, because the Passion Translation, because it, it does say that it's meant to be experienced. Here's what it says, verse 27, living within you is Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. That's a powerful translation of, it, of that. Let me, let me do another one just to kind of get it back into a language that you may be more familiar with. Let me just do like the new King James here. Just to say it a different way. Okay, in 26 it says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So this reality of Christ in you, and even, you know, it's not just Christ in you, it's you in Christ. I mean, this is the theme of the New Testament. Over 250, 260-something times the Apostle Paul uses and, and the scriptures in the New, New Testament talk about this in him, through him, by him language. It is truly the thread, it's the needle of, that, that threads through the entire New Covenant. It is the good news. The good news is Christ in you. The good news is that you are one with God. The good news is that, that you are perfect, that you are righteous, that you are holy, that you are blameless, that you are healed, that you are rich, that you, you are 
exactly as Jesus is right now. That is the good news. And the reason it's even possible to be healed and be prosperous and to be uh, holy and blameless and perfect is because of your union. You aren't holy and perfect and blameless and righteous in a version of yourself that is a new creature that is apart from him. You aren't a new creation. You aren't recreated into a new creature that is separate from him. You were recreated in Christ. You were joined to him. And now you are one spirit with the Lord. And I know I feel, I, I feel like I'm a broken record because this comes up over and over again, week out, week in, week out, week out on these podcasts. But truly, I feel like I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. That, I, that this is not what you hear day in and day out. This is not what you hear most in most sermons, in most presentations of Christian content today. Instead, you are hearing Christian ideas and, and good comforting concepts that are not calling you into living out of the reality of Christ in you. And Christ in you is meant to be experienced. And what does that experience look like? It looks like you doing the same works as Jesus and even greater works than Jesus. It looks like you performing miracles every single day. It looks like you speaking to mountains and them moving. It looks like uh, you doing exploits. It looks like supernatural results. It looks like miracles in all kinds of ways. It looks like a supernatural life. It does not look like you struggling like everybody else that doesn't know Jesus. It doesn't mean that you don't have troubles. It means that you don't get stuck in troubles. It means that you overcome the world. It looks, it means like you having a different disposition and a different, um, uh, mood than, than everybody else. It means it looks like you singing in the midnight hour. It looks like angelic assistance coming to you because you just can't be, you can't be brought down. And yet most of, most of us are struggling and we're struggling because we aren't hearing the gospel. We aren't eating the gospel and we aren't experiencing it. And we don't even necessarily have the expectation to do it. There are, there are people that when, if they heard my podcast right now, they would actually be offended. They would be offended by the gospel. Yet these are people that, that love the Lord, that mean very well, but have been truthfully brainwashed into a, a religious, uh, fake gospel. It is a fake gospel, the same exact kind of gospel mixture that the Apostle Paul literally said, people that preach that stuff are cursed. I'm not going to go that far, but I am going to say that we need to come out. You know, It's not that we need to come out from the world. We need to come out from, frankly, a lot of the junk in the church. We need to come out of living separate from God. Again, I mentioned this testimony, and I know I've said it before, but it is worth bearing again. I was a baby Christian, a young Christian, young in the Lord. I mean, I grew up in church, so I've been saved since I was 10. So when I say baby Christian, this was like, you know, I'm 33 and a baby. You know, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm almost a middle-aged baby by this point. So I had been presented a, a form of the gospel growing up in church. It was a sin-focused gospel. It was a gospel that told me that if I believed in Jesus, I wouldn't go to hell. But I really kind of lived in hell anyway because I, I couldn't be a good Christian. 
So every Sunday I was back at the altar rededicating my life and trying again, you know, trying to get every a slate clean, and then I'd try again. I'd try it again to be a good Christian. I'd try to be a good Christian. I was a terrible Christian. I couldn't make it for a week. And I was 10 years old, so you know I wasn't doing anything really that bad. But the point is, is that it was I was in my 30s before I started to hear the, this truth that Jesus came so that I could be so that I would be crucified with him on the cross. And that the very sin nature that, that I was struggling under would be crucified. And that I would now live forever in union with him. And that I was no longer a sinner, I was a saint. And not, and I know people say, well actually, you know what, we all sin. So I don't, I don't see how you can say we don't have a sin nature. I don't see how you can say we're not sinners, that we're saints. You guys, we have a sin habit. We have a sin habit that has been programmed into us through a fallen world system and frankly through a religious system that tells us that we are sinners. We are constantly inundated in the church with the idea that we are a sinner. And there's nothing you can do about it. We're just going to be, by the mercy of God, we're going to be a sinner in heaven. And the truth, that is not the gospel. The gospel is, is that you were crucified with Christ and that it's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that's living in you. And it's self-consciousness and sin-consciousness that Jesus came to crucify. So, you know, when I began to get a hold of this in my 30s, the Lord just said this to me. He said, Shalise, I want you to meditate on, on Colossians 1.27 for a whole year. Now, I was in a place in my life where I was taught, well, you read the Bible through in a year. You know, you get your Bible, you have your daily Bible reading, you have your ba- daily di- devotion, And that's what you do every day. You have your time with God, quote unquote. You know, the concept of meditating on a scripture for an entire year, I had never heard of such a thing. In fact, that did not even compute in my works-based Christian mindset. So I was a little concerned. First of all, it's a short scripture, so I didn't think it would take me very long to memorize it. And I didn't think it would take me very long to get bored with it. But the Holy Spirit is an incredible teacher. And I learned through that process that it is not the quantity of knowledge that you know or the information that you have digested that transforms you. It is the truth that you have experienced that transforms you. That's why Jesus said, if my words abide in you and you abide in them, you will know the truth and the truth will set you set you free. So abiding in his words means that we have to take a moment and actually digest it and, and, and understand it and let the Holy Spirit, let that word get into us and transform us, transform our understanding from the inside out. And again, I know I teach this, if you've never heard it, well, just, this, you know, I'm sorry, I'm apologizing, but I, I feel like I, I stay on this testimony so long because it was the most revolutionary year of my life. And it has never, it has never, my life has never been the same. Why? Because it created a foundation in me that was unshakable. Why? Because the foundation was no longer me. <laughs> the foundation was Christ in me. And we, you guys, are not designed to be a foundation to ourselves. We are not designed to live independently. We are not designed to be our own source. We are vessels. We are temples. We are containers. 
And, and it is the lie of the enemy, the lie that was propagated in the very beginning in the garden, that, that, that there is a, a, an us, that there is a me apart from him. That independent me is pride. That idea that we exist apart from God is the definition of pride. We were not created to function like that. Branches do not live apart from the tree. We do not live apart from our source, and our source is God. Our source is Christ in us. So the Christian life is about learning to be Christ conscious. It's about learning to get your mind off of yourself. I mean, it's, it's just, it, it, that's, we take no thought for our life. I mean, it really is a carefree life where we are just in the bliss and the beauty and the communion of God 24-7. You know, Brother Lawrence had it right in the sense that he was practicing God's presence. But I want to take it another step forward and say that we need to be practicing our union with God. That this presence is a very specific kind of presence. It's an inside presence. It's a it's a it's a manifestation of the Shekinah inside of you. You are the temple. And when you focus on it and when you begin to meditate it and you, you begin to visualize it and use your imagination to, to absorb the reality that you and Jesus are one, you cannot stay the same. You cannot be depressed. You cannot be anxious. You cannot be anything except what the fruit of the Spirit is. Because how? How? Because you're, you're just not conscious of anything except the one who is joy, who is patience, who is love, who is gentleness, who is self-control. It, it is, you know what? Thinking about yourself is depressing. <laughs> Thinking about your life apart from Jesus is depressing. But when you step into Jesus and every, all things become possible, and the only, the only thing you're doing is childlike listening and obeying. It's like Simon says, God, what do you have for me today? What are you asking me to do? What are you doing right now, Father, that you want me to do? And you just, I get that it is, it is, it is, it is a, not a Western way of living. Westerners are not used to being. They are used to doing. We do this for God. We do this to be cool. We do this to be smart. We do this to be, we do, do, do all of these things to be rather than be, be, be and out of our being do. And that is the beauty and the freedom of life in Christ is that we can truly rest. We can rest in what Jesus has accomplished. And I love the way Matthew eleven twenty eight in the message translation talks about putting on the easy yoke of Jesus. It says, he calls it the unforced rhythms of grace. And Jesus says, you know, watch how I do it. How I do what? Live in union with the Father. Watch, he said, walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't put anything ill-fitting on you. It means that, you know how, you know how you go shopping and you put things on that are too tight and they don't fit, they don't look good, and they're uncomfortable. Or you put things on that are too big and they don't look good and you can't move around freely in them, you're going to trip over it. Why? Because it doesn't fit. 
Well, the, your life in Christ fits you the way that you were recreated in Christ to be. And so there is a flow and a freedom that comes when you can rest in Christ. It makes you your home, finally. You no longer have to go looking for love in all the wrong places. You no longer have to look outside for what you already have inside. It is the best news to ever hit the planet. And we need to get established in it. We need to also meditate on these in Christ scriptures and really get it down into our subconscious mind, down to a habit. I'm talking about a habit. How do you create a habit? You practice it and you repeat it until it becomes a way of being. And your identity in Christ is supposed to be a habit. That is what we are renewing our minds to. We are being transformed by the renewing of our mind, it says in Romans 12. And that transfiguration or that transformation is, is, is supposed to be a subconscious, effortless way of being. Now, is there a little bit of effort in the first, uh, the first part? Well, of course, with any habit there is. I think that's why the Holy Spirit said to do it for a whole year because he knew I wasn't that disciplined. And it was going to take me a whole year just to do it enough times to begin to, to, to see it as a habit, to be, to be able to live out of it as a habit. And to this day, you know, when I sit, you know, you, you live life, you do things, but you know, the moment that I just come back to that awareness, I don't, I don't ever suffer under the illusion that I am separated from God. I don't ever have to uh, I mean, I know if I, if I, let's say I feel guilty or I feel condemnation, I know instantaneously that that is not from God, that that is not who I am, and I know not to receive it. I don't, I don't, I don't struggle with hearing the voice of God. Why? Because I live inside of God. I have access to His mind. I have access to His thoughts. We are one. And so I know that if I'm not hearing God, well, that's just, not, that's just, I don't even have to, that's just a, a not a non, it's a non-reality. It is not a reality that I will accept. And so therefore I don't live out of that reality. I live out of continual fellowship and communion with God. So, you know, during that year, I mean, I just can't even tell you, I, 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 I have told you, but I'll tell you again. You know, I, I would stand in front of the mirror because the Holy Spirit was like, stand in front of the mirror until you can see Jesus staring back at you. Shalise, because that is who you are. Jesus is looking at the mirror right now through your eyes. The question is, do you see his reflection? Whose reflection do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see as he is, so are you in this world? Now, I get it. I'm a woman. Jesus isn't a woman. But, you know, the point is, is that he is in me. I'm not merely human. I'm not the the culmination of my life experiences and my definition of myself staring back at me from the mirror. That is not the definition of who I am. It is a self-maybe definition of who I am, but God is the only one that can define us. God's truth, God's word is the mirror. In James, it says that, 
You know, when we are a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, we're like a man who looks at himself in the mirror and, and, and turns away and forgets himself right away. Why? Because we haven't, we, we've heard the gospel, maybe. Some people haven't even heard it. But those had, that have heard it, we aren't, we aren't putting it into us. We aren't really shutting out all of the fake gospel and getting established in the truth. We had a merge graduation this last week and one of our graduates was just, I mean, just really got upset. <laughs> we were sharing about different things about a merge and I thought it was very interesting because she, she was so upset. She's like, she was, she was upset in the context of being thankful. She was so thankful. She's like, I'm so thankful for Emerge. I'm so thankful for the school. I'm so thankful for everything that I learned here. She said, but I'm so angry and I'm so upset that it took me this long to get it. I have been in Christianity for decades, for decades and decades. Why, how can I, how could I not know this? You know, and then, you know, she was frustrated and angry because it's like she's surrounded with people that don't know it. And some of them seemingly don't want to hear it. And so I just, you know, I just said, you know, we had to settle back down into that place of gratefulness because it is really easy to get frustrated and to look at the work that is ahead of, ahead of us and, and, you know, just want to just say, throw up your hands and say, forget it. I mean, trust me, when I, when I go through my Twitter feed and when I go through a lot of the Christian content, I mean, I just want to edit everything. I, I, I just want to like, you know, strike through, change the words. It's like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gospel editor or something. But yes, the work is cut out for us. But let me say this. It starts with one. It starts with one. Because the body of Christ, I, I do believe that we are in such a, pivotal moment in Western Christianity. I mean, I think, you know, some people are really discouraged because it's like, you know, people are leaving churches and it's like they aren't connecting with places and they don't feel like they have a place and all of this stuff. But honestly, people are disconnecting from religion. People are detoxing from religion. So I don't necessarily believe people aren't necessarily leaving church and leaving the faith. I mean, I think some may be, but for the most part, that's not what's happening. What people are rejecting is a fake gospel. What feet, what people are rejecting is the fruit. They say that is fake fruit. That is not genuine fruit. That doesn't taste good. That doesn't give me the nutrients I need. And so they can't sit under that fake gospel anymore. And so I just want to encourage you to take it one step further. And I want you to really unplug, <laughs> unplug from Mixed messages. Because as much as you think it won't, it's not polluting your understanding of the gospel or not affecting you. You know, what if I just gave you like a glass of water and said, oh, there's just a little bit of bird poop in that. Would you drink it? Well, no, you wouldn't drink a little bit of bird poop water. Right? You would, you would say, no, I only like pure water. I only want the pure water. And I'm telling you, the gospel is meant to be drunk straight. It is meant, it is the power of salvation to those that believe. There is so much power in the gospel that when we preach the gospel, in the Acts, they would just preach the gospel. They weren't laying hands on people. They weren't trying to get them baptized in the Holy Spirit. They would just preach Christ crucified and the Holy Spirit would fall and people would start speaking in tongues. I'm telling you, we are working too hard. We are working too 
hard in the body of Christ. Evangelism is not supposed to be a work. Healing is not supposed to be a work. Fulfilling the call of God on your life is not supposed to be a work. We are supposed to be joy-filled overcomers. Does that mean, again, I mean joy-filled in, in, I'm, I'm saying joy-filled like the apostle Paul in the Philippian jail. That is a possibility for us. When we are so, so full of the Holy Spirit, so full of His presence and His, the consciousness of Him, I will tell you, you will no longer be living really out of this. You'll be out of this world. You won't even be living on this planet. You'll be living in an entirely different dimension. So let me pray. Father, I thank you that this is the hour of detoxing from religion. I thank you this is the hour where we are we are recognizing the deception and the sneakiness of that spirit and that message and that system. And Lord, we are setting it down. We are saying no to performance, no to legalism, no to an identity that is separate from you. We are truly practicing our union. We are learning to live out of who you created us to be in Christ, who you recreated us to be. And as a result of that, God, we are effortly producing fruit. We are producing the fruit that comes through you. You are doing the work. You are teaching us how to abide. And you are showing that, that us that it is as simple as an awareness. This is not, not anything we have to do. We just have to sh- just shift, just shift our awareness to Christ in us. Shift our awareness to being seated in heavenly places in Christ. Shift our awareness, God, to our union in you. And so, God, I declare that's what we're doing. We're practicing it. We're meditating on it day and night. We are thinking on things that are lovely, pure, and of good report, which means we're thinking about what you've done. Our faith is becoming effectual because we're acknowledging all of the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. And so, God, I I bless each and every listener tonight with a revelation of their union with you. I, I bless every listener with an experience of that union, Father, an encounter with that union. I pray that you would release dreams and visions, Lord, encounters with you that establish them in their oneness, their unbroken oneness, un, I mean, their perpetual union with you. There's not, they didn't do something to cause it and they did, they can't, there's nothing they can do to lose it. God, Jesus Christ did it all. And so, Father, we just say yes to the true gospel. Yes to being used by you to do the same works as Jesus did and even greater works. We say yes to living our lives abiding in the vine. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Awesome. Well, as always, if the podcast is blessing you, 
I encourage you, partner with us. Head on over to Shalise.com. You can become a partner there. You can support the podcast financially. We are reaching people all over the globe. People are sending us emails from down under, from Asia, from, oh my goodness, the Europe. And so I'm amazed. I'm always amazed at who is connecting. By the way, if that's you and you're listening from around the globe, I love to hear from you. So send us an email at info at and let us know how the podcast is blessing you. And also, once again, if you are interested in an experiential school, a three-month conversation with God that is going to establish you in your true identity and help you live out of it, and from that place, discover your purpose in life so that you can start living it, then send us an email at info at as well and let us know, hey, I want to find out more about Emerge School of Transformation. We'd love to set you up with our team. He'll be happy to take your application and talk to you about how you can get involved. God bless you. Have an incredible week and share this podcast with your friends so that we can just further the revolution and resistance against the ungospel and we can start living and preaching Christ in you. Amen.